Hallelujah Wednesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we have already kind of started going in. And before we even say anything else, Trey Floyd, welcome to. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I enjoyed this. It's been a wonderful week to, with you, my friend, and a lot of great insight given that we will probe a little bit deeper on today. And Tracy, welcome back. Welcome back, our amazing host. Thank you for having me, as always. Yes. Hello. Tracy Good was Tracy got all excited because last night she went home after a full day. And uh, what were you drinking, Tracy? What? What were you drinking? Why would you put this on? Would you blast? She was drinking milk. <laughs> because milk does a body good. It is caffeinated. I drink silk. It was, yep. Well, Unsweet. I know I said milk. I said, I didn't say cow's milk. I said milk does a body good. I don't care if it's silk almond, if it's, you know, silky almond. Um, I don't care if it's portion milky hair, you know, silk hair. You know, it's still good for you. Does a body good? Does a head good? <laughs> does a head good? And so you were saying that while you were at home drinking your delicious glass of, of silk milk, you were watching the Tyler Perry film on Netflix. What's the name of it? Um, <coughs> Quiet as it's kept. Fall from Grace. Fall from Grace. And Trey and I haven't seen it, but we are gonna, I'm gonna watch watch it this week, uh, weekend, so I can we can talk about it on next week. We have uh, Adrian here with her clothing line, her amazing um, crochet products. But you were saying that, that, sh- that it, you have a lot to say about it. I do. I have a lot to say so about it. So if our viewer, listeners out there have not yet seen the film, watch it on Netflix because we're going to talk about it next week. Spoiler free though, right? Just No, we're spoiling everything. I'm telling you everything. So, you and so if you have not seen it before then, I suggest you watch it. Wait a minute. Okay, so hold up, Tracy. So we're so this week we want all of our listeners to watch Fall from Grace, Tyler Perry's film on Netflix mm-hmm. with a with an A-list cast, including I saw Cicely Tyson and Felicia Rashad, like it's a big name. I will say this: an A-list cast cannot make a film great. Don't say too much. You just saying though they have to watch it. Yes. Because next week. But I'm just gonna say. It does not matter who you put in the film if the writing does but can not. We have, it, it can't be. We can't keep it spoiler free. Support. Okay. Those actors. So watch it. Bottom line. And Trey, you haven't. You don't watch it with. You don't watch it. So you can watch it with me. So you know you can and also. Send your notes. Yeah, send us your notes and your thoughts. Okay. Send us your notes and your thoughts. Okay. So Trey. <laughs> You talked to wait. us about the project coming up after the project, but you have a brand new play that's getting ready to roll out in Atlanta theaters. Tell us about it. It's called Before Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and it is it's phenomenal. Like I, I mean, it, so we, we're rehearsing it now, and even in rehearsal, I'm sitting there like almost tearful, and I cannot wait to present it to an audience. So the thing about this play is Before Black Lives Matter. It opens up. With a 17-year-old kid just got shot. And it is it's this single mother who wants her son to go live on the other side of town because she doesn't want this to happen to her son. So she sends him to live with her sister and her his her husband, and they have a son who live on this north side of town. And he kind of clashes with the family because this kid kind of feels out of place. He's a very strong-willed kid. He wants to go to protest, and they're like, no, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. So 
the play goes on. He has this interaction with the police officer. I won't mm-hmm. say what happened, but he has this interaction with the police officer on his way home after prom. Um, something happens. And in Act 2, we deal with the aftermath of whatever happens. And it doesn't, like, you know, we see this all the time of kid getting shot by the police officers dealing with police brutality. But we always see what happens right afterwards. We see the news clips. We see the court cases. We see the cop getting off. We see all of that. But we never get to see what happens six months later. Like, what the family is really dealing with. Like, that mental illness aspect. So, Act 2 really deals with what the family is going through. And it, it goes through a whole, even talking about like mm. going to church versus going to therapy. And did I really teach my son? Did my son know what to do when he encounters a police officer? Um, should I even have to tell my son what to do when he encounters a police officer? So it deals with all of that in Act 2. And it's phenomenal because not only are we going to present the play on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to have a discussion after the play on Saturday to really just talk and take a deeper dive into some of the elements of the play. And one thing I really love about the play is there are three different women in the play, right? There's one woman who lives on the south side who wants to send her son to the north side so nothing happens to her. South side being the rough side of town. Mm-hmm. There's her sister who lives on, who moved from the south side to the north side so her kid can have a better life. Mm -hmm. Then there's her sister's neighbor who has always lived on the north side who feels like, oh, these issues don't bother me. She, Mm -hmm. She has a line in the play that says, we live beyond the gates. We are passing, girl. That's the actual line that she says in the play. Wow. And what's so crazy about it is like, so when you see the play, you'll hate her character. But I think so many people have a little bit of her, her character name is Christy. So many people have a little bit of Christy. I think all of us have a little bit of Christy in us. Like, you know, after, mm. after we see Mike Brown or Trayvon Martin happen, like, it's always a little bit, well, were they doing what they were supposed to? Were they, should he have been walking in the middle of the road? You know, it crosses your mind, but I just, it's never a time someone's life should be taken because of that. But... The play deals with all of that. I think everybody should come on and see this at Seven Stages Theater. Mm-hmm. It's going to be held February 7th through the 9th. Tickets can be purchased at TreyFloyd.com. That's T-R-E-Floyd.com. But yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you, bought at TreyFloyd.com. We will put a link in our awesome. Instagram. So we'll have it there in our link tree. And you are, again, the 7th, 8th, and 9th of February. So we've got to go. We're going to Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so crazy. Uh, where is it set? It's present day. It's no, 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 oh, oh. city. Is there a specific city or is it? So they live in South Bend, which is so funny. So when I wrote it, it was supposed to be a fictitious town, but that's, that's actually a real town in India. Uh, yeah. It's where, it's where Buttigieg, Buttigieg is mayor. Right? And where he has yeah. failed black people. So, yeah, that was great job. <laughs> that was not the intent. Shot fire made me literally before Black Lives Matter. Shot fire. So it's in the fictitious town of South Bend, and they moved to the north side of South Bend. Well, well, I lived in Chicago for twelve years. Mm. In Indiana. Yeah, I actually in Indianapolis, Mm. on and off for three seasons, Uh, and the South Side was. You know, if you didn't live in Bronzeville mm-hmm. or right between, let's say, 40, the low end, so 26th and like 51st Street, mm-hmm. that was real, or 55th, because that's where the University of Chicago is. Mm-hmm. 
that's the safer, kind of safer part on the east side of the city, southeast. And then you go past that, it gets really like gang infested, mm. crime infested. Mm. The south side, the north side, mm. oh my God, mm. you go past mm-hmm. Roosevelt mm-hmm. and you're, you're good as go. And I, I went to the University of, um, I went to DePaul University and when I moved to the south side, I would be like carrying the weight of what would happen. Like kids getting shot and people were getting shot at alarming rates. I would hear like outside of my uh, outside of my window because I lived across the street from the Ida B. Wills projects. And my classmates would be walking around like skipping. And I'm like, y'all don't know what happened last night? And they would be like, no. What, what's going on? I'm like, Y'all, like 17 people were shot, you know, last wow. night in one night. And they would be like, no, where is this? And I'm like, just across the street. Like, this literally is not another country. This is not another city. This is the same city. And y'all don't know yeah. that the difference between the South and the North Side is real. It's not real. Not and people. I want to say pretend it doesn't exist, but some people live in their own little bubble. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my little neighborhood. Th- those issues don't concern me. Yeah, and when I lived on the north side, I dated a guy, and it was his first time coming. He was like, I've never come past yeah. Roosevelt. Yeah. He said to me, I, we don't ever go past, for what? That's not outside of town. We stay on the You'd be surprised in the 11, some people don't go south of 20. That people really will stay confined to one area. They're in a bubble. Wow. You know, I think. Mm, but if 70 people got shot on the south side, should they cross Roosevelt? No, what I'm saying is he was living on the south side. Oh. And he was saying. Oh, he had never been to the north side. Yeah, he was like, we don't go past downtown. Black people don't. He said oh. these words to me. Black people don't go past downtown. And that this is in Chicago, right? Yeah. But that's the thing in Indianapolis too, right? In like the upper side of Indianapolis, like was it Fishers? Oh yeah. Area, like, no it's every it's all over America. America. Yeah. It's all over America. I just I found that to be interesting yeah. that, you know, my white classmates mm-hmm. never ventured south of Roosevelt and my black friends never ventured north of Roosevelt and I could not for the life of me see that, see that. understand you know because I'm, I'm I'm coming from the south and I'm like we go everywhere so and I'm glad you brought that up so the character her name in the play her character name is Christy she's the one who lives on the north side mm-hmm. has always been there we almost made her white mm-hmm. but we decided to make her black because you have black people who Think and live like that. Mm-hmm. Like those issues don't concern. That mm-hmm. wouldn't happen to my child. That wouldn't and happen I had classmates like yeah. that who mm-hmm. were like, you know, I, uh, they would say things like, uh, I don't want to do the black play. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. past that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be considered a black actor. Like, that doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, that does, August Wilson doesn't move me. Mm-hmm. Or Pearl Clay, what is that? You know, it's, and it's, it's baffling. So I can't wait to see this yeah. play. So I yeah. can really I think I'm excited. I can't wait. I can't. I, I, I'm excited, and I know that many of our listeners will hopefully also, you know, check you out. Mm-hmm. Um, what sparked your? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What sparked the 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 desire the to write this? 
So I don't have kids, but I did teach school, but I also have three nephews, mm-hmm. 16, 17, and 18. Mm-hmm. And like just seeing everything in the news and like I have one who lives in Indianapolis. He actually mm-hmm. lives in Noblesville. Oh, yeah. So you're familiar with the area. It's very white. He's a great kid. Mm-hmm. Like honor student. He's in sports, but he's a he's on the wrestling team and they have these hoodies. And so he likes to wear his hoodie because it's his wrestling hoodie. However, my sister had to have a conversation with him about walking home with his hoodie on because he's like the only black kid in the neighborhood. And sometimes kids just don't get it. Like in his mind, like he got it after the conversation, but it was sad to me that she, one, she even had to have the conversation. And then two, like and a lot of this comes up in the play too, where it's the conversation about, you know, like he has like white friends and, um, they can wear their hoodie around the neighborhood yeah. and it's fine. But he, like, he's a wrestler, so he's about two, maybe like 240. He's a big kid. Mm-hmm. If you wear yours around the neighborhood, it's a different story. Yeah, and it's, it, a different it, it's a different narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and it's sad, it's sad how they could end up playing out. And so I want, I wrote this play because I wanted to start the mm-hmm. That's where the title comes from. I wanted to start the conversation before Black Lives Matter. I didn't want it to be a march or a rally after a kid. Was killed mm-hmm. or gunned down. I wanted to talk about it. Beautiful. Beautiful. You talked about going to church and a message mm-hmm. um, yesterday from your pastor. What mm-hmm. church do you attend? Fellowship of Love. In Fellowship Fayetteville. of Love of Fayetteville. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was checking yeah. to see. I know we got some but, Republican but, churches. Do not do listen to that. I do <laughs> not go to I'm just I'm joking. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But He's nonpartisan. Yeah, I'm not joking. Um, and so, Troy, Troy, one thing that we've talked about really with each guest uh, in season three and most in season two, have you landed on a nominee for the 2020 presidential election that you're supporting? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why I say yes and no, whoever is, I haven't picked a specific candidate. However, whoever is going against Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is going, that's going to win. Yeah. So it doesn't matter no, which one. Pretty much. But if you had to vote today for one of the primary candidates, who would it be? Um, I don't. So, okay, can we talk about the candidates? I know we've done this before. Yeah, we can talk about the candidates. Can we talk about it a little bit? So, can I just say this? And I know that they're no longer running. I really felt like Kamala Harris was the best candidate. Why? I did. I really did. I felt like she was strong. I this felt like is she... a three plus one podcast first. You're the first, you know, and now really? you're the first person to support of all the candidates come out on the show. Uh-huh. But tell us why. I felt like she was the strongest candidate. I felt like I felt like she didn't have a chance from the start because she was a black female, and I felt that was so unfortunate for her because I felt like she was strong enough to go against Trump in a debate. I felt like she would have ran well. I didn't always agree with all the things she said, but I thought she was a very strong candidate. And I felt like she never really had a fair chance. I felt like if she were a white male, she would have been looked at very differently. Mm. With her experiences, mm-hmm. her accomplishments, her accolades, and her education. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the, the same agree. part is like how she had to keep herself composed. Like she couldn't go at other candidates in debates and things the way other people could. She because she would be perceived as the angry black woman. I don't, I, I don't understand why we feel like we can't say and do whatever we want when we have a president who clearly says and does whatever he wants. It's a double standard. So, so when, why do we even have to care about what our image is at this point? Democrats have to care mm-hmm. in, a, in a pool of other Democrats. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, 
I don't know if Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris went hard after uh, Joe Biden that first debate. She did. She went mm-hmm. hard after him, and it benefited her. Julian Castro tried the same thing, and it hurt him. Mm-hmm. It, it took him out altogether. Um, Elizabeth Warren did not go hard after Bernie Sanders openly, but she did privately, and it became public. And it has also, I think, worked. We don't know. Bernie Sanders actually soaring up in the polls so so we don't know we'll see so I, I think you make some good points I think Kamala would I do agree with you I think that she would have had a better chance if she was a white male with her pedigree and her mm-hmm. accolades mm-hmm. and her and youth mm-hmm. well and it, it appears that she is going to be pulling maybe pulling for Biden here in the next uh few days we will so. see who she comes out for our beloved mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms who had a birthday uh a couple weeks ago, is has been supporting Joe from the beginning, and so I'm still undecided. I think there's something to it. There's something to Joe Biden coming here to Atlanta and talking to these Atlanta folk. I really do believe that he's done the right work to get the nomination. Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I believe that he's going to mm-hmm. get Go her under his vice president. And you support, you support that? Oh, absolutely. You're a Stacey fan. You're a big fan of I Stacey. am. I think she's smart. She does not back down. Um, <laughs> yeah. She's smart. She doesn't back down. Does she dress nice? back down. Does she dress nice? And she, does she dress looks nice? the part. She looks the part. I think she will be able to. What? She will get. She look what? She will get a stylist that will help her. She didn't do it when she, she ran for governor. But it's okay. It is okay. Stacey, you have my endorsement. Look any kind of way? No, she... Look, I'm just joking. Stacey is, is, is smart, and I really think she 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 doesn't back down. You know what I'm saying? Like she's, she's someone who, who can read you in such a way that you stand there and you're yeah. like, oh my god, she she didn't flinch. She one she of my heroes. Her yeah. One of my heroes in life is Fannie Lou Hamer. So if if I can love Fannie Lou Hamer, yeah. then I can probably love Stacey Abrams. You know they look very similar. <laughs> And Amber, how, why? I because they look alike. <laughs> Except one was coming of age in 1970 Mississippi, <laughs> and the other one came of age in it's right here, oh 2020. They dress alike, and you know. But horrible news came out on Friday <laughs> from the Pentagon that 34 U.S. troops were diagnosed with traumatic brain injuries after the Iraqi uh, the Iranian strike against the Iraqi base. Mm-hmm. Although, although your president trade. Donald John, <laughs> Don John Trump Don John Trump <laughs> Who Chrissy Teigen called a pussy ass bitch The Pab, President Pab And I said I would call him President Pab for life But I stopped President Don John Pab Trump um, Said That there was no injuries That everything was wonderful They were down in the bunkers eating popcorn And playing video games While the attacks were happening We found out that 34 troops were diagnosed With traumatic brain injuries And that 17 of them are still under care and cannot return to work. This is pretty substantive. Mm-hmm. President Trump once again lied to the American people, withheld vital information, trying to downplay what really was an act of war against America. I am so tired of this man. He, Don, made, John, I, John, he, John, he John wakes Pab. up and just, he knows a lot of people are just so stupid that they won't read or research to get the real information that he could say whatever he wants. I mean, he could say the sky was orange today and those people will be like, you know what? 
and it'd be just as blue as the hat that. But you know what? I see a hint of, of tangerine up there. There's a it's something about that sky. And God has made a tangerine to mirror your skin, says it, Trump. Don John. <laughs> but yeah, it just it happens me that he just spews out all the fake news and falsities and people just still follow him. I mean, advocate for this man like he is Jesus. Now yeah. I see what how and it's like you're playing with people's lives. Like yeah. don't start like war is real. It is. You know, like these are real soldiers, real people with children, wives, yeah. and husbands, and, mm-hmm. and and you take it like it's just a playground fight. Mm-hmm. Like this this that's something serious. I say put his ass out there. Put his ass on the front line. It's time to, like, oh my God, put Donald Trump in the bunker. Mm-hmm. It's time, you know, his whole family. Canceling, cancel, cancel Don John Cab in the same way that the OWN Network canceled the show Ambitions. <laughs> um, the television show Ambitions, produced by Will Packer mm-hmm. and starring Robin Gibbons, has been canceled. However, this is a little bit confusing as the show was one of the highest rated new shows on the network. What do you guys think about that? Especially being in the industry. I'm sad about it because my friend Mara Hall, hey girl, what's up? Was a series she's coming, regular. She's coming on the show. Uh, yeah. We will have Mara on the 3 Plus 1 podcast in the weeks ahead. We can't wait for her to join And I was really looking forward to season two um, so we could see her character grow. Grow more. Yeah. So she was a sister. Um, she was the uh, cousin. The, to the, the Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's really sad. The one sad. who was I, real down mm-hmm. and home, like she represented Atlanta, mm-hmm. the real, true, authentic Atlanta. And so for me, I you know, I, I see another opportunity for black talent to not have any mm-hmm. work. Why do you think that the Oprah Winfrey Network canceled the show? I think they were, they're trying to go in a different direction. If you look at a lot of their programming, it's a lot more sophisticated in the sense of the writing. Because mm-hmm. um, Greenleaf has a great set of a great writers' room. Uh, Ava DuVernay, Queen Shakur's show, of course, has a, a very and my favorite new show of the year, David Makes Man. Yeah, and so Beautiful. and, and to so, so these are really well respected writers and and um, executive producers, and and Will Packer is is. Uh, really known for his comedies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So he was doing something different. He was diversifying um, his and portfolio. He's, and he's also doing the Ready to Love yeah. um, series mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. on OWN. But I just don't think that it, it was... was niche yeah, I think Ambitions was more... Just didn't make it. Just didn't get, you, maybe BET should pick it up because they seem to be going in that That's, direction. But I was going to say that. I think it's more of a show that could fit a BET program rather than an Oprah-owned channel. I agree. Trey, you know, did you watch Ambitions? I didn't see the entire season. I watched, I believe, the first... I'm not a huge TV watcher, but I watched, like, the first maybe two, three episodes. Okay. I didn't think it was bad at all. I do agree. I think it's just where they were going, and I think Owen just wants to go in a different direction. You have some... You also did, you know, a web series. Mm -hmm. A web series, Mm -hmm. right? Tell us about the web series. Can we still watch it? On yes, it's still up. It's on YouTube. It has like over um half a views. Over half a million views. Oh, yes. Love, sex, and marriage. Love, sex, and marriage. Web, web series. series. Yeah. And so, 
why did you stop the web series and or have you stopped the web series? Because it seems like you have now put your focus on the stage plays. Um, I haven't stopped the web series. It just takes a lot of time, and trying to do both is is a lot. So um, right now we finished season two, and I'm in the process of writing season three. So I will come oh, wow, back. Okay. It's just when it does. But um, one um, funding, funding is a big issue. And like people are willing to like get behind the stage plays, so but it's I, I appreciate to get the financial support for the theater from your sponsors for theater as opposed to the web series. As opposed to the web series, and how the, much did you have to spend on a web series? Um, the first season. So if you go and watch the first season, you can tell we didn't spend a whole lot at all. <laughs> but you can see a big improvement on second season. Um, not a, we just we bought cameras. So it started with friends, mm-hmm. and we still is friends. Like I have a wonderful support system. I'll say that. Like I have the best friends in the world. Like everybody who's on the cast, just about everybody who's on the cast of Little Six and Marriage the Web Series were like friends or colleagues in some area. So like they weren't even paid, but there was just people volunteering time. Like hey, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And so we got cameras, we got some lights, we kind of know what we were doing and just made it work. Mm-hmm. The, you know, one thing that I think that we failed to do uh, is really give the instructional pieces for our millennials and our young people listening. So we have young people out there who want to do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. They want to do a web series or mm-hmm. they want to write a, a stage play. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give to our young people about how to do what you're doing? What I said the other day, um, Pro, what I say, process and not even. That's right. Like it happens over time, and you have to be willing mm-hmm. to work your tail off. Like you got to get and grind. It's not something you just put up. Okay, it's done. Mm-hmm. Why everybody don't like it? You got to work for that thing. You know what Oprah said oh. on Saturday, and this is my mantra for 2020. Now my mantra for 2019 was how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So when you sit down and you half do the dishes, yeah. you are half clean your tail. Yeah. So how you do anything needs to be done with the excellence that you want to impart within your life. That was 2019. Mm-hmm. But now 2020, I have got my mantra, and it's not what you want, it's what you intend. Mm-hmm. And so it takes more than just wanting yes. something in life. Yes. You have to intend for it. Yes. And to intend means that you work with intention around it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And that mm-hmm. intention has to become a part of your prayer, a part of your thought, a part of your hopes, your dreams, and your actions. So I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really great lesson and a great mantra, something that we really share with our young people. Yes. And I would say, do it. Like, just go for it. Like, and also, I take... The mindset of like, I research a lot of people on a lot of different things. The mindset of like Apple, Apple products. Mm. A new iPhone comes out every year. It don't change that much. Mm. Apple didn't have it right when they came out with iPhone 1. You know what I'm saying? But they then perfected it a little bit more. It gets better and better. It gets better and better. You know what I'm saying? So when I did the first play, the first web series, it wasn't great. But it gets better and better. Now something I do that I wish some other people would do. (laughs) Is I try my best to perfect my craft. Or get better at it. So, like, after I did the first season of the web series, once I saw, oh, people actually like this. Um, I didn't know everything about film. Because I went to school for theater. I didn't go for film. So, I joined Georgia Film Academy. Because I wanted to perfect my craft. Wow. You know, like, I hate when people... So, you made that financial investment yeah, in education. Absolutely. You already had a degree. Exactly. A couple of them that I didn't even use them. But um, you have to, one, invest in yourself. 
and perfect your prayer. Don't don't settle for okay. Well, what do you Please. say to someone like a Tyler Perry who says, "I know what my audience likes," so I don't necessarily care about what the uh, what the critics say or what other people want in a show. My audience likes this quality. They don't care that I may have an extra who's not drinking real uh, liquid or I don't care that my actors could be walking in uh, darkness in a scene where there was a light and we failed to light the entire set. You know, what, like, what do you say? What happens when that audience runs out? Mm -hmm. Growth. You know, like I think about putting myself in that my first show was about a DL character, right? So some people didn't like it because, oh, that's that gay play. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. This one, the next one is like Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. So that's a broader audience. You know what I'm saying? Like people from the first one to come and see this are both very important issues, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. growth and diversity. Like, why put yourself in such a small box? Right. And why not want to perfect your career? And I wasn't going to say that, but <laughs> you have such a platform why limit yourself to the representation of people who look like you to that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have such a But he says that's all he knows. That's all. I, I grew so? up. I grew up this way. So? You know? And this is what... But my issue, my entire issue with it is that do we not deserve better? Yeah, like, I'm not asking you to change your characters. I'm not asking, asking you to change the content. Really... I'm just asking you to do better at the process mm -hmm. in which you go about it. It's important. So, do you have like a writer's room or? So here's what I do. So I do write it myself. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I call up a diverse group of people after I have it written and say, "I want you guys to read this and tell me your thoughts." Okay. And they tell me, "Oh, I don't like this. I don't agree with this. I don't think this. Um, maybe you should consider this." Mm -hmm. And I take all those suggestions seriously mm -hmm. because the thing about it is, everybody doesn't think like me. Everyone in the audience is not gonna think like. And then the next thing I do after we've done it. We rehearsed it for a while. Mm -hmm. I presented to a small group of people before we put it in front so of the audience. So for feedback, feedback is so important, and you have to take it. Yeah, yeah and you take it with a grain of salt because it's always going to be somebody who don't like something. Mm -hmm. But like, it's something you just don't think about. Yeah, and that was the thing that I really loved about doing world premieres of plays. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it was because the playwright would be in the room with us, mm -hmm. and we would be able to say, I, I remember doing a show called We Are Proud to Present, and it. It was about a genocide in Namibia. And um, this particular playwright, she was mixed. Mm -hmm. And she identified more with her white side of her family. And she was really in search of where she came from. Mm -hmm. And so we, the three black actors in the room, would say, hey, mm -hmm. we see this in here, but we wouldn't necessarily say this. Or, and it happened right during the time of Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm. So we would come to rehearsal like, yo, mm -hmm. you got to put this in here because this experience, you know, is is 
fucking with us when we yeah. were home. Like, and we're talking about this play, and you're talking more about the white side. Mm-hmm. And we don't really identify. We need our voice heard, and so it was just really good to collaborate mm-hmm. with playwright and playwrights and get them to yeah. see something that they didn't necessarily see. And I think that's something that's mm-hmm. missing. And everyone's not a writer, so if you want to write it, I'm okay. I'm, I'm actually okay with it. Just get feedback and mm-hmm. take it and listen. It's important. It's, it's, it's a beautiful conversation. I'm gonna, you know, I. Oh, I have been extremely harsh of Tyler Perry. And where you you were co-hosting then, right, when I made my announcement of how I was gonna work to be, be beyond that. Right? What, you weren't here then? Mm-hmm. You were not here then, maybe. And I said I was gonna really work to go beyond. I really put a lot of energy in learning to love Tyler Perry and celebrate Tyler Perry. I celebrate and him. And I say this, so you have to write celebrate his work. and come from an authentic place. And if he is saying that all he knows is what he is writing, he has to write the truth, his truth. That's his, that's his job that's as an hard. artist. We're not it's asking. his job as an artist to give expression to his truth. Yes, but we're not asking. Like, a lot of people would say to me, Tracy, you're in acting. You do this. So you see certain things we don't see. I said, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I said, you saw Boys in the Hood. That was a good film. I said, you've seen The Color Purple. That was a good film. You've seen Beasts of Southern Wild or When They See Us or you've seen black films that were there as well. Best Man Holiday or but the he Best Man or he's Brown Sugar. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the content. Uh-huh. I'm talking about process, the way in which you write it. You know, there are holes mm-hmm. missing in a lot of the transitions. It's like, why... You gotta watch the film. You gotta watch the films in order for me to talk. No, about we're gonna, we're watching. I'm but, watching. But it's like certain things you cannot neglect right. in the process of writing for your audience. Yeah, you. I, I'm not gonna write something in two weeks and be like, it's ready to get filmed and shoot it in five days. Well, that's and, what he did. And, and, I saw it on like, the. He was giving. They were giving an interview, yeah. and they say he took five days. And that that. That's where the problem is. And this is where my biggest issue is, is with artists, and I love and respect and care about these women, the the Felicia Rashads of Cicely the Tyson. the Cicely Tysons, the Taraji P. Hensons, the the um, um, uh, what's her name that's in it? Uh, Crystal, Crystal Foxes of the world. Beastly actors. Mm-hmm. Crystal Fox can act us off off a stage. I've seen her do it. What is she done? I, I, um, I saw her in um, uh, Two Trains Running by August Wilson at Penumbra Theater Company out in, in Minneapolis. I saw her do a Pearl play, Blues for an Alabama Scott. She was brilliant mm-hmm. in that at the mm-hmm. Alliance. And so I've seen her work. And you know, growing up, watching In the Heat of the Night, I was mm-hmm. like, who is this dark-skinned black woman? She's so pretty. She, you know, I grew up watching her. So I, I'm a fan. But you all have been in rooms. You think Bill Cosby would have ever allowed a script like that to go on TV? So I'm saying, Miss 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 Rashad, you know, you know the process. So how much is your career, or how much are you worth? How much is your soul for you to say, you know what, this is the only person giving me some jobs, so I, I can't say anything to him because he's employing me. Well, that to me is not good enough because you're doing a disservice to the craft that you studied. 
You know? She's steady. You know what I'm saying? Alicia Rochelle is one of the greatest actors of our time. And when I saw her this year in David Makes Man, I, it reaffirmed my belief in the, her ability and her power. So I'm going to watch this show. I can't wait. I'm going to watch this film, Tracy. Watch I, I'm watching it tonight. tonight. It's a Wednesday night. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get my glass of silk milk and I'm going to watch <laughs> the show. And we hope that you watch the show so you can join us on Monday of next week to talk about the Super Bowl, the Grammys, and all this awesome stuff. And we will see you then. Have an awesome, awesome Hallelujah Wednesday and the rest of the week. And thank you, Trey, for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. What a great week. Thank you so much.